0: Welcome back to The Stance Podcast, season two. And on this episode, we had professional golfer and punk and poet Bubba Watson, who came into The Stance headquarters for the day and shared with us the story of the first time he won the Masters in Augusta, all while in the midst of having adopted a baby and all of the hecticness surrounding his big day. So from our studio in San Clemente, California, this is the craziest day of Bubba Watson's life. Welcome to The Stance Podcast, Bubba Watson. It's awesome to have you here. And for any of the three people that live under a rock out there, Bubba is a professional golfer and he's one of her punks and poets. And it's really cool to have you here. Thank you for stopping by.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome.
0: Yeah. And I'm Erica Yeri, as with me always, Mr. Hava Fernandez. Hello. So the theme of the show, which we did for our first season and we're doing it again for our second season, which is now in session, is the craziest day of my life. And we've had all sorts of different stories. Do you have a, a craziest day of your life in mind?
1: Um, if you're going to stick on the golf theme, it had to be 2012. A guy named Bubba from Baghdad, Florida, um, adopted a, a baby boy a week and a half before the Masters, the biggest golf tournament in the, in the history of the game. And a few days later, win the Masters uh, with a big hook shot out of the trees. My mom being there, you know, my dad not being there me becoming a dad a couple weeks before.
0: How old was the baby that you adopted? um,
1: He was exactly one month old when we got him. Oh,
0: wow. And so he was,
1: right. And so he was one month old, but because of, um, lawyers and courts and adoption, uh, we were living in Arizona at the time. So I had to fly back to Arizona, but he wasn't allowed to leave Florida yet. So we had to, we were stuck in Florida, but I I went back to Arizona to meet with a lawyer and and my uh, adoption agency to to make all the laws and everything right. And um, when I got back, by the time I got back, I was supposed to be leaving for the Masters in two days, but I hadn't really been practicing because I was a new dad Mm -hmm. traveling. And my wife was like, just go two days early to the Masters and just get some rest and and just enjoy the game of golf. Who cares how you play? Just enjoy it because when you come home, you're going to have to change some diapers. (laughs) And who knew, you know, at that time that, you know, the calmness of – being a dad, it was the last thing on my mind was winning a golf tournament. It mm-hmm. was just let's just have fun and get home. And um, and somehow, you know, nine days later, I got there on a Friday night. And nine days later, ten days later, uh, I got a green jacket on. And, and I get home at three in the morning on that Sunday uh, morning or night. And um, six a.m. He he cries and he's up. And so I'm feeding him and I wrap him in the green jacket. And um, so when you add it all up, it makes the I mean, it makes a story that. You can't create, you can't, I mean, if I wrote a book and
2: said that, everybody would be like, this is fiction and <laughs> this can't be real.
1: Yeah. And so it was just amazing.
2: So let's get into a couple of the maybe more detail level things. So you're, you're a brand new dad. No doubt you're not sleeping at this point, waking up in the middle of the night with the baby. You're bouncing back and forth between Arizona and Florida. So you show up and you're on the first tee box of the Masters, the biggest event in all of golf. Like what's going through your head? Are there added pressures or is there like added fatigue in your life that you're dealing with? Are you even thinking about winning the tournament at that time? I mean, I know you're a competitive guy, so you're probably always thinking about winning, but where were you at mentally on that first tee box?
1: I'm going to add a couple of days in there, but leading up, we had to tell, because what happened is I won in L.A., I finished second in Miami. So my last few tournaments. So you're white hot at right. this point. So everybody, I'm kind of the buzz at that moment. So I, I, couldn't, I couldn't show up to Augusta, the biggest tournament in the world, without my wife there you know, there's gonna be stories. So I had to put out before I went up to Augusta that we just adopted our son because of, you know, just how the news travels. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so I had to put this out. And so really the calmness was because of all the questions, nothing was about golf. That nothing really was sounds. about how you're playing. Everybody was talking about the adoption and how is it? And I said, look guys, I'm, I'm here at the golf course. I'm getting mm-hmm. pictures on my phone and, you know, at Augusta, you're not allowed to have your phone. So, yeah. you know, I get 30 pictures on my phone that I was kind of sneaking um, so I could see them at, at Augusta. But um, so when I got to the first tee, it, was, it wasn't it was about the golf tournament. It was about, I mean, I'm, I've am i already won the Masters, right? I, I got this child. We can't have kids. And we've been working, and we've been turned down three times at this moment. And, and the fourth time was a charm, I guess. Um we have little Caleb in our hands and, and now I'm about to play the Masters. I mean you can't get any higher level than that. You just became a parent and now you get to play the greatest golf tournament that's ever been produced. And so um there was no nerves on the first shot. I was just I was I was in the in the dream, you know, I was just this is awesome.
2: Yeah. And so going through the tournament, were you leading all four days of the Masters in two thousand twelve? No, I was um just kind of in the mix, you know, top 15,
1: then top 10. And then the last day, there was people winning, and Phil Mickelson, everybody knows who Phil Mickelson is. Um, and so he, he was in front of me, and so everybody was putting Phil Mickelson to win, right, because he was two shots ahead of me. and one guy was one shot ahead of him. So I was fourth starting the day. And then after two holes, the guy I played with made a double eagle. So he just took the lead with this, this crazy shot on a par five, and he was beating me by four with 16 holes left. And so it was always about, let's just have a great finish and then go home and see my son and my wife and and just live the dream. And so I was never winning until the back nine. I'm, I I made four birdies on the back nine on Sunday and I'm tied for the lead with two holes to go. And now I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> now became, the athlete came out and I wasn't a dad anymore, I wasn't anything else. It was, pure. Focus. we have a chance to win the Masters. You
0: were tied with four holes to go?
1: With two holes to go. Two holes, okay. It was me and the guy I'm playing with. Um, Louis Ustays and, and are you guys um, the last group on the course? No, there's a group behind okay. us. They weren't in the mix anymore. Yeah. They, they were two shots behind. It was they were it was in the far mix, fetched. but the, yeah. yeah, it would be a, a it would be an unbelievable event if they won. And so I hit it in the trees on 17 because that's when I finally realized, wait, we're in a golf tournament. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is the greatest golf tournament ever. And I hit it in the trees and made a par. And 18, I hit it down the middle and had a chance, I had about a 12 footer to win. I missed it, and um, so then we we had to wait for the last group. And um, we went to a playoff.
2: What does a twelve foot putt on the 18th hole, tied in the final days of the Masters, feel like?
1: Uh, knowing that if you make it, you win, it's nerve wracking. Like your heart, you know, you're trying to breathe. You're telling yourself the same things you tell yourself when you're when you're in a your practice swing. You know, you're trying to. It's like an NBA player shooting a foul shot. You're trying to just calm down, and and it's just you in the in the net, or me in the hole, right? And and so. What's
0: going through your mind, yeah. Are you, are you saying any well, mantras? Or are you just trying I, to keep your hands
1: from shaking? You, right. And so what you're, what, in your head, what's going on is you're trying to tell yourself to be quiet. But on the other side of your brain, you're saying, this is the greatest golf tournament ever. You put the green jacket on. Yeah. All you have to do is make this one putt. You made this putt a million times. You're going to be a legend. You're going to be a hero. You're yeah. going to be all these things. I'm going to get to go home and see my son. And he's going to have the green jacket. We're going to have a trophy. I'm going to get to play the Masters the rest of my life. And all that happens in like a two-second yeah. window. About the time you take the putter back is when all these things flash through your head.
0: Could you even feel? No, the, that <laughs> putt was
1: it was the worst putt I think I've ever hit, and I missed. by, like, I even hit the hole, but like, I don't remember taking the stroke back. I, I don't remember any of that. It was just like, oh my gosh, I just putted. Why am I putting? Don't putt. Oh my gosh, go in. And it was like, it was like, what are you doing? And so um,
0: that's why I feel playing mini golf as it right. is. So I can't imagine why well, yeah, do Masters. that too? At mini
1: golf. Those it was, it was clowns getting in the way.
2: Um, so when you're in a moment like that, is your focus at a point where? You're not hearing anything outside of your kind of immediate space that you're in. Are you focused to the point that you're kind of yeah, in your I own little I'm universe, walking. playing your game?
1: Yes. When you're truly in your zone, moment, whatever you want to call it, everything quiets. Everything slows down. It seems like people are walking slower. Noise is, is just like a is like a breeze, like a, a wind. You know, it's like you don't even see it. Um, you, you don't. You don't. Everything just goes away. And to finish off the two holes later, we go into playoff. We tie the first hole, second hole. I hit it in the trees. So when I get to the trees,
0: did you already feel defeat?
1: I did feel that when I hit the tee shot in the trees. You always think you're done. You know, yeah. your, your shoulders go down. Man, I had a chance to win the Masters, and now I might not ever have a chance again. And so
0: that itself throws your game off.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then you're then you think your guy now he knows I'm in the trees, so he's gonna hit a shot that's perfect. Yeah. And um, he actually hit a kind of a bad three wood. So he's a long way away from the hole, um, hits it short of the green. So now those things give me a little bit more confidence. I know he can't birdie. I know he's, it's going to be tough for him to make a par. So if I make a par, I could win or I could at least go to the next hole. And so when I get to see my ball and see the shot, everything just shut off. My caddy backs away. He says, you do your thing. And he just backed away. He told me the numbers, and he let me go see it. I walked out to the fairway. I walked back. And really what I was doing was calming myself down because I knew I had this shot. This shot was easy. Now the Masters makes it very difficult. And so I I stepped back and I grabbed my club and took into consideration the adrenaline and all that and the way the wind was going. But it was never, I didn't see the people. I didn't hear the people. I thought about this was, this is my moment. I'm in trouble, but I can pull this off. So all I was focused on is pulling this off. There was no negative thoughts anywhere in my head. There was no thoughts of winning the Masters. There was no thoughts of, what are we doing here? No thoughts of messing up. There was just nothing. There was no family talk. There was no anything.
0: And, yeah, and just, your caddy had already just left yeah, it. Yeah, he
1: basically told me a yardage. He moved the bag over a couple feet, and that was it. And then it went to me, and it was just a zone. There was mm-hmm. nothing else. It was almost like black, right? It was just there was nothing in my, in my space It was just me, my golf club and my golf ball and a golf hole. And then I, then it just, then I just swing.
2: (laughs) So all the pressure and circumstance aside, if you're lined up at a shot exactly like that, just today, arbitrarily, can you set up for that shot and be like, Oh yeah, I got the shot. I know exactly how to do this shot. Or was it something that you really improvised in the situation and just kind of made happen like in consideration of the circumstances and things like that?
0: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like a common one you practice, right? Or, oh or do no.
1: you? I'm, I'm special, so I practice those. <laughs> but um, yes, it, the distance and that club and the moment, I can't recreate. You can't recreate it without being under pressure, under the gun, excited, the adrenaline, and all of that. But playing with my buddies, I could hit it at a shorter distance, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it was 164 at that moment. That club normally goes 135. So it went, you know, 25 yards further, 30 yards further. And because of the situation, the moment, the adrenaline, but I can recreate the shot, but not the same distance.
0: The passion. It was the passion. Right.
1: Every, just everything together created the club to go that far. And I took into consideration all of that and then picked that club and, and somehow it went, you know, give or take 12 feet, 15 feet from the hole.
2: So, So you've just hit like the ultimate highlight reel shot. Like, Everything went right. You're approaching the green caddy's telling you the ball's like what 12 feet from the hole. Yep. I'm sure there's like an immediate contrast between very high pressure to hit this shot. Then like, oh man, I just saved it. But you still have 12 feet in between you and a master's trophy. So um, was there like kind of a moment of alleviation of all the pressure, but then you're right back in it as soon as you step on the green or was, was there an interesting moment between that shot and the final, do you two putt the last green? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But so, you know, we're human. Yeah. So we're thinking about all the greats. Yeah. I'm fixing to win the Masters. I have a great shot at winning the Masters. I'm going to win the trophy. Um, how does the green jacket feel on you? You know, what does this mean for your career? What, you know, all the things yeah. that you're not supposed to be thinking about because it's not done yet. Yeah. So you're a great caddy. Um, my caddy, Ted Scott, been on my bag for 12 years now. He's in my ear the whole time. He's going to make par. He might chip in. you got to make the putt. you got to make the putt. So he's just telling me, as I'm dreaming in my head, there's always this person in the background yelling in my ear. And so he just kept on. And so he chipped it. When he chipped from the front of the green, had to go up a ridge and rolls over, and those are the fastest greens we play. It went, we'll say just outside mine, let's say five feet further than my putt. But not on the same line, but, but he had to putt first. And so... Now when I'm reading my putt, he's in my ear going, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. He's going to make it. So he wants me to stay focused. You have to make this putt to win. He's going to make his. The only way to win is to make it. There's no two putt to win here. You have to make it. So he keeps on, keeps on, keeps on. And then when he missed, I still don't – when I watch the video, I don't know how his ball missed, but he missed. And when he missed, then he changed. Two putt, two putt, two putt, two putt. But it was his goal – is to keep me from staying in the moment and not getting out of it. Exactly. Yeah, focus. When I was on the the regulation 18th hole from 12 feet, and I missed it straight up the hill, it was because I missed it, but it was a lot of other things going on in my head that shouldn't have been. And so in the playoff, he was, you have to make it, you have to make it. So I was always focused on what I was doing. But as soon as it changed to two-putt, now I was scared to death. <laughs> yeah. Because you got to – the fastest greens I'm coming down a downslope and it breaks about two feet. So I had to hit it really easy. So then, you know, the, but the attitude changed, you still have to be focused, but the attitude changed how you're going to do that.
2: Yeah. So while you're in that putt, like still kind of in this blackout phase, can't hear anything. As soon as you're tapping that ball into the hole, is there an immediate change kind of in your awareness of what's around you is suddenly the crowd really loud and, Obviously your mood changes dramatically knowing you've just won the master's championship. Yeah. So I hit it. I mean, it was six, eight inches past the hole.
1: Nobody, no professional is going to miss that putt. Yeah. And the crowd, I went to, I, you know, I played at university of Georgia, which was just an hour up the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody's yelling, go dogs and all this stuff. And, and I, when you watch the replay of the shot or the putt, I, I tell everybody to quiet down and, I wanted to be known for taking my time on a six inch putt than being known for missing it. So I took my time and I did everything I was supposed to do, went through my routine, got behind it, and then just tapped it in. And, um, but yeah, as I, I, soon as I saw where it was, I knew I won. But then I was like, nope, stop. And, you know, in my head, I was like, stop.
2: Yeah.
1: You take your time, you make it. And so I knew it right when I hit it and I hit it at the perfect pace and it barely went past the hole. But I just wanted to make sure. Let's make sure we win it before we yeah. start crying or anything.
0: That, that that sort of agony, it would, yeah, it's sort of like that would be the well, worst case scenario I, I, right there.
1: I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a girl on the LPGA two weeks before yeah. who missed a foot and a half putt to win her first major. Mm. Oh so gosh. two weeks before I won the Masters, we were watching her putt and missed this putt and then ended up losing in the playoff. So I said, this six-inch putt, I'm going to take my time. I don't yeah. want to be... Known as missing it instead of making it. No. So that was just, it was another thing that just helped me. Okay, let's focus on this real quick. So that's what helped me a little bit. Did the jacket fit out of the gate? You they happen said.
0: to be wearing a green jacket. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. But you know what? It's funny. And the same thing I told them in the back room, I don't care. The first one you give me is perfect. Yeah. But they have, you know, your manager, everybody sends in your sizes. Oh, yeah. Just in case. And then when I got it, I said... They said, how does this fit? I said, perfect. I said, I don't care. This is it. I'm taking this one.
0: What if you were like, it's a little long and well, the sleeves need to get taken up about an inch.
1: There, there, there's people that do that. Yeah. But it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I stayed with it. I said, this feels nice. I'll take it. Yeah. Be honest.
2: How often do you just wear the <laughs> yeah. green jacket around, around the house? Cruise around
1: at home. <laughs> if I had one, I'd probably wear it all the time. Yeah. Kind of like your green jacket now. Um, <laughs> but no, you only get it for a year. Really? You have to give it back. Yeah, so they take it. They don't want to take it off because of... I don't think most people would assume that. Right, yeah, but right. It's, <laughs> it's this easy. day and age, people are trying to sell things and make money. Oh, yeah. So that's one of the things they don't... That's one of the... Sacred. The sacred things about Augusta and the membership and then the winners. You take it for a year. You bring it back when you, the next year, the next tournament. So you put it back. But as soon as I step on property, like if I called them and said, I'm coming tomorrow, my green jacket will be sitting in my locker. Wow, and so, and I've won it twice, but it's still only one jacket, and really? you don't get two. It's like I Jack mean. Nicholas would have three, so I mean, six. So yeah,
0: they, they keep it in some sort of chamber. Where right, no, they no have, air can touch it. They have
1: they have places that people don't know about that. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the golf relics. I like the idea so of that.
2: While you had it at home, I mean, you say slept now in it every then, night, I mean,
0: swaddled his baby in it.
2: Do you know what? I be
1: honest with you, it sounds weird to say because now I can laugh about it, but I was very embarrassed about it. I was very embarrassed because I didn't want praise. I didn't want anything. I just, my whole goal was to win, and then I go home. That was it, right? Every golf tournament I play, and I win, and I go home. It's not about I'm awesome. It wasn't anything like that. And so I put it up in my closet, and I I wrapped. The only thing I did with that one, the first one, Mm. I learned from my mistakes in the first one. But the first one, I, I wrapped my son in it, took a picture with him, and that was it. And then I put it up. Even my closest friends, I never took it out of the closet. It comes with a little bag, a coat bag, zipped it up, and it mm-hmm. stayed in there. I never showed it to anybody, never let anybody take a picture of it, anything. I just kept it. I kept it in the closet. But then in 14, when I won again, then I I, then I let the world see it. I took it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But the first one, it was about the history of it. It was about the—because they asked me, because by this time, my social media started coming on an uprise. Yeah. I was doing a lot of— goofy videos and they asked politely can you please not do goofy videos with this jacket and I no. said so I put it up out of respect for them and show mm-hmm. them that yeah. this jacket means more to me than these videos and so that's what I was trying to show them and and, and respect for the game but then at 14 I took it and then I realized I could do more with it and so I took it to every school that I went to and left all the kids to dream as well you know instead of just see one guy I want them to feel the same dreams that I had.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I wish you brought it with you. That would have been cool. I just want to kind of get a feel for it, really. Exactly. Um, did it? Did, was it soft? Like, what's the deal? Seriously. Yeah.
1: Inside, inside, it's like silk. It's like silk. When the outside or satin or whatever. Yeah. On the outside, it's just an old jacket. You know, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. it's not anything special. But on Tuesday nights of the tournament, when we have champions dinner and we're all the ex pros and, and the today pros are playing, um, we're all sporting them and. It's funny how golfers become really friendly when you're all wearing a green jacket. Yeah, yeah. And you're so like, we, hey, what's we're up? We're signing our menus. We're signing flags. and We're loving life when we're at that dinner um, because it's out of respect for everybody. No matter how old you are, gosh, Doug Ford was there. I think he was, he was 94 last year. Oh, and, wow. Um, so when you're sitting there and seeing the history of the game in this room and they all have green jackets on, you know, you're know, you all friendly. Now on Thursday morning, we don't like each other anymore. But yeah. <laughs> for that Tuesday night when Champions Dinner, it's uh, it's pretty amazing how, how friendly you get and the stories you get to hear of the past champions and the great champions. And,
0: it's awesome. Yeah. Everyone's rubbing elbows for real.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's go. like you're members of the same club.
0: It's a members-only jacket of golf.
1: Yeah,
2: for well, sure.
0: We love this story, and it is a story of overcoming fear almost because <laughs> it sounds like that was probably a really scary situation. I know what it's like to miss a six-inch putt in mini-golf, it doesn't feel good, so I couldn't imagine what you were going through at the time. So it's, it's uh, awesome to have a champ here with us today.
2: Thank yeah. you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming by, Bubba. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Amazing stuff.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing the story of the craziest day of your life with us. Hopefully you can come back and tell us another story sometime. Exactly.
2: Too. We
1: need to create another one now.
0: Include the bears and all the yeah. other attacks we were talking about. Yeah,
2: best about, of luck. <laughs> maybe maybe the next time you'll have you'll have the green jacket on during the interview, right, you know. Exactly. How about Please. that? I'll promise
1: that. If I win again, we'll bring it. We'll Uh-oh. definitely, we'll okay, definitely okay. do well, this it. Is
2: you recorded, heard it here, so. folks. Exactly. This is Perfect. going down. Yes. <laughs> two thousand nineteen potential masters champion. Here here coming go. back for a round two.
0: Sweet. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day.
2: All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank you.
0: That's it for this episode of The Stance Podcast Season 2. Thank you, as always, for listening. And make sure you check out the other episodes in this new season. And if you'd like to keep up with Bubba, you can follow him on Instagram at Bubba Watson. And if you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. And thank you, as always, for your support.